Welcome back to the Body Podcast, where we talk strength, conditioning, lifestyle, and everything in between. Today we have a true badass with us. Body member Ashley is sharing her story of being diagnosed with a brain tumor and breast cancer. Ashley, Naven, welcome to the Body Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great. Uh, so this is Ashley Naven, for some people that don't know, a body member. Uh, she wrote in. It was a, a great, great email. Um, so we can kind of get into that. We will eventually, but like for everyone that doesn't know you, um, kind of go over your, who you are, where you're from, a little background about yourself. Okay. So I was actually born in Nebraska. Um, I was born in Omaha. All my family's from Nebraska, but my parents moved to Scottsdale when I was three years old. So I grew up in Scottsdale. And um, eventually when I got married, we eventually bought the house that I grew up in. So I'm living in the house I grew up in now. Okay. And, and then uh, you just sell it to your kids and yeah. make money off of them, <laughs> yeah. right? Smart. Kids. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, are you big? Go Big Red. No, but my okay. family is. Yeah, so. no, I'm uh, friends with a few Nebraska fans, and let me tell you, That's all they fo- have. football season they are miserable. <laughs> uh, they've been bad for the last while. But um, just to give a little background, you we'll get into it. But cancer survivor, yeah, diagnosed few surgeries, diagnosed twice, one brain cancer, not brain, or, cancer. or got a brain tumor, yes. And then breast cancer, but we're going to kind of go through that story, which I I mean, I don't know how you go back to body because I like roll my ankle or I like today we're talking, I had an edible the day before and I was like, I don't feel like going to body and you are like after surgery, you are literally back in body. So it's kind of crazy, but, um, we'll start March, 2018. You kind of get diagnosed with a brain injury. Can you kind of go into that? What, sure. What was it? Um, so I was, at the time I was teaching middle school in Phoenix, um, and we were on spring break, and I kept having like uh, vision loss. Um, I had it at the start of the beginning of the year, and then by March I finally said I need to go to a doctor for this because I was driving in my car and my vision would go out for moments at a time. And I would drive my son up to soccer practice, like way up in North Scottsdale. And at nighttime, it's like super dark. And then like my vision would go out for like three seconds and then come back. And I'm like, I'm going to kill myself or my kid if I don't figure out what's going on. So I went to my regular doctor and um, she referred me to get an MRI. But at first she said something like, oh, this could be MS. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want... A degenerative disease. Yeah. Like, I was like, what? And I was only 36 at the time. Um, so it was just kind of came out of nowhere. And then it kind of felt serious all of a sudden. She's like, well, let's do a brain MRI. And, and I was like, no, it's, I, go, I think I'm just low blood sugar or like, yeah, like a bunch of different things. I was like, I think I'm just tired. I was teaching middle school full time. So I was like, I think I'm just tired, dehydrated, you know, all the other things. Um, and so I went for the MRI and then they sent me to a real eye doctor. What are they called? Ophthalmologist? Not- I, we have a interview with Steven, the camera guy, and he's asked me quite, I'm, I'm an idiot, you know. so I'm dumb. So. But you know how there's like <laughs> people that just like do They're the specialized in eyes, yeah. People that, a doctor that specialized in eyes, I went and saw him. And while I was at the eye doctor, he told me he was young 
And like you could tell he was new. And he was like, well, based on your optic nerve test, your optic nerve is like 300% off the chart in the wrong direction. So I was like, oh. And um, he's like, we think this is pseudotumor and we can treat it with medicine and you'll get better and it's fine. No big deal. You're young. You're healthy. This is what it is. So I'm thinking, I'm leaving the eye doctor and I'm telling my husband, I'm like, oh, it's like pseudo, so it's pseudo tumors. Like, it's like you have a tumor, but you don't. So we're leaving, we're going. It just take, is it like taking up just like space in your brain, causing other issues, but it's not like cancerous or if you don't, it's something where you can kind of act on it. I don't even know. I never even, it was like same symptoms of a brain tumor without having a brain tumor. So probably it was like inflammation of the optic nerve or something. I don't know. Again, special eye doctors can write in. (laughs) But so we leave the eye doctor. Optometrist? Maybe the optometrist. I think that's... Yeah. And we come home and we're getting my son ready for soccer. And my phone rings and it's my primary doctor at like 530 at night. So I was like, whoa, like why is the doctor calling after hours? They never call you. And she's like, Ashley... Don't freak out, but I need you to go straight to the ER right now and check yourself in. I was like, what? And she's like, we got your MRI back and you have a tumor and you need to be seen by a neurologist tonight. And I was like, I'm going to soccer. I'm like, I don't have time. No. She's like, you need to go to Osborne in Old Town. She's like, that's where the neuros are. And so within like 10 minutes, we like packed our shit up and... I checked myself into the ER, which is bizarre. They're like, what are you here for? I'm like, I guess I have a brain tumor or something. I need to see a neuro. (laughs) You're showing up. Yeah. Yeah. So like walking in like that, not really knowing anything. And then we met with the, all the doctors that saw my scan, they would come in and they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like, I had school the next day. I go, I'm teaching. I have to go, I have to like write sub plans like for tomorrow and um, they're like, no, you're having surgery tomorrow. And I was like, well, shit, well, I need to do my subplans tonight then. So I was like writing subplans to my teacher friends and my principal. What's going through your mind? You get the call. Obviously, you're a kid's practice. Seems like you care about everything else. Like, oh, your kid's practice, yeah. your, kidney, or your, your middle school class, your, your, your lesson plan for the sub. What's going through your mind besides that stuff, though? Like, personally, like, it's has, have they explained how serious this is at the not time? Not yet. So, so it's, it you're was just up surreal. In the, yeah. It was like, how, like, it wasn't even happening to me. Almost like out of body. Like, you're just there, but like, it just felt so surreal, the whole thing. And I wasn't scared. That's the weird part, because I've had so much anxiety in my life. And I was like totally calm. That's what was so weird. I was calm, like focused on what I needed to do. Um, and then when the, this is where it gets tricky. When the doctor came in, they showed me my scan. They're like, you have this tumor the size of like a racquetball okay. in your frontal lobe. So the tumor was pressing on the optic nerve. And so that's why my vision, vision was going, going out. Um, and they're like, you need to have surgery tomorrow. And so... I had to stay, you know, stay in the hospital overnight and then get all prepped for surgery. And I think I had it at like 11 in the morning. So it's a long time to be, to think and sit around and, but, um, and my kids were little, my daughter was only three and my son was, I think he was 10. 
he's gonna be 16 soon so it was and then I had to like say goodbye to my kids like and when they come in before a brain surgery they go so just so you know the you know risk factors are stroke yep major deficits cognitive issues for me blindness because it was on the optic nerve and they're like or you can die yeah and you're like what what? So you're like, they're basically saying like, this might be the last time you see your kids. Yeah. Might be the last time you remember your kids. Or, or see, like you're not. You or communicating up. the normal self. Right. So you're uh, like, so again, it's so overwhelming. It's like hard to process. And, and then you have to sign like the documents. So like yep. you sign your life, you know, like, all right. And then you're just saying, good luck doc. Yeah. But my surgeon who I love, he had the best energy, super calm, like, super chill and when he's you know he talked to us about it and my husband and once he left I was like I feel good and I go does everyone else feel good because yeah. have you ever gone to a doctor that's like you don't feel like they ha- know what's going on yeah. or I, the only thing I've had a major knee surgery but it was there's, that's not like life threatening right. I just remember yeah like if the if the the uh well I, I have an implant in my my tooth now and uh Cam you know, Harper's husband did it, oh, yeah. but he was great. He was, he was like, dude, I was like, well, do you feel confident? He's like, I feel confident. I'm like, then, yeah. then go, let's do it. Yeah. yeah it's like, if that's what yeah. you think. Yeah, let's do it. It was kind of like my thought with it, but he, so they do give you a little more confident. I, but my niece is, I remember, I, cause they give you the medicine. Yeah. So I get to go to get the needle. I don't like needles. They miss my vein. Mm-hmm. I kind of like start cussing. I'm like, can you just restart it? Whatever. And then they give me a nerve block and they bring a needle out. That's oh, like gosh. a foot and a half long. They just put like a three inch thing on my arm and I just cried. Like, you're not touching me with that thing. He's like, this is what you want. I'm like, listen, if I feel that, I might, I'm going to grab it and stab you in the heart with it. <laughs> and uh, the anesthesiologist is like, you won't feel a thing. Like, don't worry. Yeah. Roll over. Don't remember a thing. They wheel me in and apparently right before we go to do the knee surgery, I look at the doctor and I just say, hey, doc. He's like, yeah. He's like, I go, don't fuck up. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what I said. So that's, I guess, like, um. Like when they, and he laughed, I guess it was funny, and I just yeah. like passed out. But again, I wasn't like life threatening, but there is some calmness to like the doctor yeah. just kind of having this. Hey, I got this. If you got it, all right, cool. I know. Well, that's the crazy part. They do this every day as their job. Yes. So it's insane to me. Like I'm like, you look at people's brains. And yeah. So you go into surgery. I went, how long? Ten. How long was the surgery? I think it went eight hours. Eight hours. And then. During the surgery, it was more stressful on my family. They were all waiting. It's, so that's to me, the surgery was the easy part. Um, but uh, where my tumor is located, it wraps around, I think it wraps around a major artery. Okay. And so they couldn't take it all. And I told my surgeon before, I said, and I don't want to wake up with any deficits. So I go, if you need to leave stuff, don't be messing around. Yeah, don't be yeah. like... Trying to be like cutting edge, you know, yeah, yeah. going risk. And he goes, I know, I know. I go, I have to be able to function. Like, I'm like, I got soccer practice. Yeah. Know. So you wake up the next day. Well, How are you feeling? Like, what's like after having a razor? Are you, are you, are your motor skills good? Like, what's. My, when I woke up, I think my right, so it's right side. So my right eye was shut totally, like black eye. Yep. And then my left hand didn't work. So it was like closed in a fist. Yep. And they had me holding like a paper towel or like a toilet paper roll. Like, so I was holding like this shape with my hand, like squeezing. And, um, but I woke up from surgery. I have a vivid memory when I saw my kids or my sisters when they came in 
and I started singing that song, Mask Off. I was like, Percocet. <laughs> and they're like, she's fine. She's good. <laughs> yeah. But so like, I guess what, for someone that's like clearly never had a surgery or, or something, like, especially with the brain, do you wake up, are you, you can physically think everything, but it's not coming out or you're like, you're hey, let me drugged. try your drugs. Oh, so, you, so when was the first time that kind of the drugs wore off? Like the next, um, like 24 hours later, the drugs wore off and you still were having trouble like speaking. No, I think I could speak. Okay. Um, was, the, was the arm working? The left arm? I think the hand took maybe a couple days. A couple days. So when you're just like, are you just trying to like, in your head, you're like trying to squeeze your hand, it's just not moving? Yeah. So I it's like very so, weird. But I tell people, because it came back, I would literally look at my fingers and like tell myself like index finger lift. And then like that, I was like visualizing what I wanted my hand to do. And then, like, eventually it did come back. And that's what the surgeons, they weren't freaked out. They are like, it'll come back. You're yeah, fine. okay. So it wasn't, like, a major deficit. Okay. And then you mentioned to me that kind of through that experience, you led you to yoga. Yeah. All right. So after the surgery, when did you get released from the hospital? Like, a couple weeks later? Month? No. Um, I think the second day. The second day. And, and you're then just I went like, to a rehab hospital. Okay. Which yeah. Which the like lowest point of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like for like physical therapy or like speech uh, therapy? For speech. And I was a fall risk. So I couldn't go home because they were worried if I fell. Because I was on anti-seizure meds. Okay. So those are like super strong. Gotcha. Like you've taken a big edible. Okay. Gee, all right. <laughs> I was a zombie last night. Uh, but uh, no. All right. So, so but through all this, you're like... You know what? I'm going to do yoga. Well, I was at rehab hospital, and all of the patients there were in their 80s, and I was only 36. So, like, all the nurses, I think they liked me because I was young. Yes. And, like, they could, like, work with me, and they're like, ooh, we get to try, like, you know, really trying to do more things because I was like, I need to go back to, you know, working. Regular life. Yeah. Walking. Yeah. Talking. Driving. Working out. Driving. Yeah. yeah. And they're dealing with 80-year-old patients who... Right. There's like, hopefully we can just get them to stand up out of their chairs. Right. So this is kind of like, oh, this is, this is more, not rewarding for them, but like a, a newer, different challenge yeah. that's probably like, more fun for them. I'm always like, my favorite client. <laughs> but they gave me a woman there because I was only at rehab for seven days. So I think I went home day 10 after surgery. And she said, oh, you might be interested in this. It's Love Your Brain Yoga. And they offer free yoga to brain injury. And so I took the flyer home with me. And that's where I started um, my yoga journey. My brother-in-law took me to my first class because it's for caretakers also. Because most people, you can't drive. So I couldn't drive after surgery for at least like six weeks. Because if you are, like, at risk for seizures or if you're on the seizure meds, you can't drive. And I didn't know that. So, like... I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But I was driving. Oh. (laughs) Cut that out. I know. Sorry. Uh, All right. So, you get into this. You get your certification and you start becoming a yoga teacher. So, yeah. So... Quit teaching or still teaching? I teach privates right now at my house. Okay. But I'm talking about post-surgery and everything. When you get your certification... Are you done teaching kind of oh, at that yeah. time? Oh, yeah. I didn't go back. You didn't go back after surgery. No, couldn't go back. Couldn't go back. So, so, you get, so you pick up yoga. You start doing yoga. Then March of 2020 hits. Right. So I had my yoga teacher training. I taught for probably at least six months. 
or maybe eight months and then COVID hits and then the gym I was teaching yoga at, they weren't really taking any like COVID precautions. Yeah. And my anxiety was like well, so triggered, so high. Not even with the anxiety too, you are just, you know, a couple years earlier, you have a brain tumor that didn't get fully removed. Right. So you're obviously a little more flight risk and in, in stuff or not going to say flight risk. And you seem like you're leaving, but like more at risk, and right. especially with all like the things that were coming out in the news. Yeah, so and we were, it was so young. We didn't, no one knew anything at that time. So it was like, well, it's hurting people that have like a pre existing yes, sickness like, or something. So I, I get, yeah, it's like it's tough to be in a room full of people. Right. Um, and yoga, it's not the same with a mask on. Like, no, when you can't talk. It's and it's all about the breath, and it's like a whole room of people breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and I would do hands-on adjustments, so you're like physically touching people. So mm-hmm. I'm like, at that point, I was like, I couldn't risk it for my mental sanity. Um, but looking back, I was like, I probably would have been fine. Yeah, and so so you you take off like a year basically of not. Well, yeah, so I didn't work all through COVID. What I guess what was that year like for you? No, the whole COVID. It was we. It was crazy. We re- also remodeled our house during that time, so we were living in a remodel. I wasn't working at all, and still like recovering. So brain injury, you don't recover quickly. It takes yeah, years. I would just yeah. So I'm year five now. And this is the best I've ever felt. Yeah. So like those first year was rough. Like, and I have, I was looking back through like my Facebook and Instagram and I had pictures where like I would have to like lay down and take naps, like literally every day for two hours just to function and not working that. And that wasn't even working. You weren't even working. Wow. So it's just so much, uh, it takes so much energy to do everything at first. Yeah. And it's probably wear and tear mentally. So you're not even mentally, you're just... You don't want to do anything physically, so you're kind of probably yeah. sitting at home. Yeah, so I sat around. It was the first time I've ever gained weight in my life. And, I mean, I'm still not... It's like most people would be like, oh, you, you know, but for me, it was just different. Yep. I was like, holy shit. I, like, got... There's always, like, a picture. I saw a picture of myself and my cousins. I was like, I'm over 200 pounds now. Holy... Like, it was like a... You don't notice when you see yourself in the yeah. mirror every day. It slowly gets there. Then you see a picture, like, compared to another picture, and you're like... Okay. Right. And so this leads you to finding body? Well, in 2020, I had my annual MRI. And so in the MRI, the neurosurgeon said the tumor's growing. And so it looks like you would need a second surgery eventually. He's like, because he knew I had super crazy germophobia anxiety during yeah. COVID. He's like, don't worry, it's not today, but it's going to be sometime. And so then I always had that in my head. I was like, oh, my God, I have to have another surgery. And he said, get as strong as you can because the same thing, it could be like left side weakness again. That's where the tumor's at. And um, It's basically like a lot of pre-therapy. Like, hey, we're, we're pl- you're going to be going into a right. surgery. It's going to cost you. So the stronger you can get now, the, better, the less, the best you'll the be. The better you, you do. You do coming back and it makes sense. And so you find body. So I found body. Through? Through my husband. He, so he was going. He was going for years before. He's okay. a 5 a.m.er. Psychopath. Yeah. We don't like those people. <laughs> He's the crazy ones. Um, and so he would go and I would, and then I, during COVID I was like, am I ready for body? Cause I did hit interval training before. And I, so I know how hard it is. Yeah. And 
he was like, why don't you start walking and running? Because I was like, I don't think I can jump. I was always scared of jumping yep. and like the thought of that. That's the only thing that really freaked me out with my brain. I'm like, oh, I don't like to jump. And so I started doing a mile walk jog every day. And, and then after a while, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. So he finally, he's like, I'm not going to sign you up if you don't go. <laughs> So I finally went in January of 2021, and I struggled. It was when we were in the boxes, still the squares. Yeah. But that's that's a good. I think the boxes for the people that don't, um, the people that from I came before the boxes. Then yeah. we did the boxes, or then we did like outside, then the boxes, yeah. and then back to the regular, you know, body. I think if you. Some people do get like they always say everyone's like, oh, I'm so intimidated to go to my first class at body because yeah. there's like a lot of people and there's this. And I'm always like, well, if you went with the boxes, I guess it became a little less intimidating. It was. You don't because everyone's doing the same move. You can go in the back, you're in your area, you're you by your yourself. And it yeah. was great for me. I still had crazy germophobia. And so I liked like I had my little weights, you know, and like I saw them like disinfecting. I liked, you know, yeah. I liked this, I liked all of it. Like most people are when they're like, oh, we can't wait to go back. I'm like, oh, I like the squares. Yeah, so, but but it's a good way to, like, ease yourself yeah, into it. Definitely. And, and, uh, and, and so you're going, like, every day? I went probably three times. I started, I think, with the strength classes. So yeah. I'd always go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I would go with my sister. And so that's also another pro tip. If you're, like, nervous to go, get a buddy or a friend to and go, go with. with you. And they help you, like stay accountable because yeah. like some days you're like oh I don't want to go yeah. I don't, don't want to do what if there's burpees and oh yeah. but if then, there's any type of workout that <laughs> yeah. we have to do that's not just hang out yeah. <laughs> and so when you have so I still with my sister every day I'm like body at 10 and so we ha- kind of keep each other accountable still so you do this you work out for another what, six seven months before your second brain surgery at body yeah, so I was doing, so January started, my second surgery was in 22, or no, maybe it was 21. Let's see. Yeah, Second, 2021. November 2021. November 2021. Yep. Yeah. So you, you go there. Um, and I had second surgery. My doctor, same surgeon, um, he's like, I go, what's the recovery going to be like? Because the first time, it was a long time. And I go, I don't want to go to rehab. I don't want to do lose my license again because I failed my driver's test the first time I had to retake it. It uh, was okay. another low point of my life. And um, so he's like, you're going to be fine in two weeks. I go, yeah, right. Because yeah. it took me, but it was like all that COVID stuff too. So like, yeah, I go, it took me like a year just to, you know, start walking again, like working out that way. And, um, and so I had the surgery, the second surgery, I woke up and it was kind of, I had to face all my fears with COVID. It was during COVID still, mm-hmm. like I could only have one person in my room with me. Okay. So like the first surgery, everyone was there, you know? Yeah. And so this time only like my sister or my husband or my mom could be in the room. And then I had to spend the nights by myself and... And the ICU, they don't require masks. So me as like a germaphobe, I'm like, what? But they all, they did have all the special COVID treatment, yeah. all the things. And so I didn't get COVID in the hospital. So once I faced that fear, I kind of like got over the fear of the COVID. Um, and then I woke up feeling good. I felt better. Right. So my surgeon was correct. He's like, 
you're going to be fine in two weeks. And I was. And that night I woke up from surgery the second time, I was like posting on Instagram. <laughs> Before you couldn't even text and now you're... Yeah. yeah. I was like... <laughs> It was bizarro. It was like I, he had created more space in my brain, and I like it was like totally it's a like good way to look at it. Yeah, and nice. um, I just like woke up so grateful, and I felt so good. And because my biggest fear was I was always going to degenerate or the second surgery. Like you don't get lucky twice, yeah. you know. Like I was like, what if they what do if hit I a nerve or something? What if I stroke out? What if yeah. you, you know? So, so you have that surgery in November, two weeks later, you go back to body. So beginning of December, you're back in body and February. And and the reason why this doesn't really have too much to do with like your story per se, but it's, I think a lot of people have different challenges and when they go to body, like how can I improve? And so basically you did your first toe to bars. One of the things you put down in your thing, which for other people or something like that's Oh, that's awesome. But for you, like that seemed like to be a, like a goal you probably set out for right. ahead of time. When you first started going to body, when you were in the surgery, like, well, I'm going to get my first toe to bar. Like that might've been a personal goal of yours. And I think a lot of people that go to body, someone's like, how do I know I'm getting stronger? How I know yes. picking a couple exercises, especially if it's like, if you can't do a pull up yes. or a toe to bar, be like, all right, I'm going to try to do everything else so I can do a toe to bar. And that's a good way to figure out, Oh, I'm getting stronger. I can do yes. my first one. And that's why I like body because you see the progression and you know where you start from. Like first toe to bar, I probably couldn't even hang on the bar. You know, yeah. it's all like grip strength. And that is, I still do have a slight weakness in the left hand. So like even today at body, like holding the barbells for the yeah. deadlifts, like the left hand like gives out. So it's like, I can't hold. So it's still weaker, but yeah, it's so cool when you do finally do something where it seems when they first demo it, you're like, hell no, yeah, there's never, no you're never freaking do way. That. I'm not, no, thank you. Yeah. And, um, but I did learn, you have to do... You have to be okay with modifying and you have to be okay with not being like the body baby. You know what I mean? Like the first thing I did was hang on the bar. Well, I think a lot of us try to, when we go there either, and I think maybe in general life, you compare yourself to like the top person. Right. And it's like, you know, um, a 21 year old kid that's just like, I'm gonna go play pickup basketball. It's not like he's just going to go to play, pick up basketball. And next thing you know, he's LeBron James tomorrow. That's not how it works. No. There's a progression, progression to get there. But I think we, you know, watch the trainers do it so easily. Or you look at someone in class, you're like, oh, that person looks like they're fit. And you look at them and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm never going to get to that. You kind of almost, sometimes maybe just like give up. Like, oh, I'm just going to modify it. Like, I'm right. just going to never do total bar. I'm just going to do uh, leg lifts on the on ground. The but how do you know yeah. if you're getting better? Yeah, you have to do you it. You try, see how far you get with the leg lift. All right, yeah. I only got my, I can only tuck my knees in. Okay. So you get better now as I'm lifting my toes and then finally you get your first toe to bar, which I think, you know, for the people listen, the, it's something that like a lot of us need to like do, I think more to see how better we're getting. Like, especially with like pull-ups, I can do like four or five pull-ups. I'm just like, all right, let's see how many I can do like a month later. Next time we right. do, if I can get five in a row without dying. Yes. So. But yeah. And another thing with going to body is you have to realize that people aren't watching you. People, you know what I mean? Everyone's doing their own yeah, thing. No one's paying attention no to you. No one's paying attention if you're dangling at the back. I guess unless you do a box jump and fall. Yeah. That's the only time because it's just like, boom. You're like, yeah. What was yeah. that? So you have to let go of that too, which I did. Like, I don't care. Um, and then I'm like, I'm old. So like, 
that's how when I see the younger people do it, yeah. I'm like, I'm old and I've had two kids and yeah. <laughs> I have <laughs> a brain tumor. Dude, whenever, whenever, when, I, when in doubt, pull out all the excuses you yeah. can. I do that. I'm not, I have none of those and I pull out excuses. I'm like, I'm old. You're like, no, you're not. I'm like, I'm older or yeah. than I was yesterday. So that's my excuse. But so you go, you do your first soda bar. Um, February 2020. Next thing, March, you get called in. You have to go do uh, brain tumor radiation treatment. Right. So the purpose of the second surgery was to get the tumor small enough to have radiation. Okay. So my tumor was so big. That's why it wasn't an option. So that you knew this going in before. The, right. Okay. So and we so knew this. You say five days. So I did five days of it's called cyber knife radiation. And so you basically lay on a table and they put like a mask over your face. And then it's like a robot. It reminded me of the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Okay. <laughs> the robot arm would come over and it'd be, look like directly at, because it's in my head. Yeah. So it'd come like right at my face and be like, and then it would just open and you don't see anything, like nothing happens. It's just energy. Yeah. Um, and it was so it was 28 minutes and you have to hold like totally still. And if you're claustrophobic, you have like a mask on. So it's kind of like, I, that's where I use my yoga breath and meditation yeah. to get through. And I had the best like techs and doctors there too. Um, and they let you make your own playlist. So like okay. the first, first day I brought in like my meditation yoga flow playlist and it was still just hard. I was like, well, I mean, especially when you, and for people that have never even got an MRI, like I had one on my shoulder and they had to put this contraption around yeah. me and it's so uncomfortable. Like closer, like I've never yeah. been claustrophobic. And in that minute, like, Hey, it's just 30 minutes. You're literally counting on every second. Right. Like I'd, I'd be sitting there like, wait, the song's still going on. I don't know. The song's only three minutes. Like I got nine more of these songs I have to listen to. Right. Like, and you probably were doing the same. You're like, I got almost over and you like, think about it. You're- well, because for everything I do, I have to have a brain MRI. And so I've had 16 now, I think, but I had like, MRI PTSD for my first surgery because they have to put you in after the surgery to see the results. And I was still sick, like throwing up. And I was like, I need a minute. I'm going to throw up. And they always tell you like, squeeze the button if you panic. And I I thought I squeezed the button and they didn't let me out. And so that like was a big trigger for me was always the MRI. I go, and so also like the MRI, when you squeeze that, that chair don't move that fast. No. It's a very, so it's like you're squeezing, you just got another, like if you're like about to have a panic attack well, in there, they, you got to squeeze. And they you have, have to get the shot, which I understand. Yeah, no, I, get, yeah. I, get, I get that. What I'm saying is like, even yeah. if you were having a panic attack and you hit you still, the button, it's just, it's like, <laughs> and it's the slowest moving thing in. ever. It's still like another minute. So it's like, all right, if I'm about to have a panic attack in here and I can't move, I got to wait yeah. another minute until this thing gets me out of here, you know, but uh, then you're, you have to go redo it and start it back over again. So, so, you know, so over time I just would do meditation and breath work the whole time. And then eventually the more you do it and then there's nicer machines I found out. So at St. Joe's hospital, you ask for the nicer machine and that plays music. And, but at the surprise, I haven't put like Netflix in there or something, a little TV screen. Great. Yeah. And then, but the radiation, they let me have the playlist. And then the first day I was like, I still was like kind of panicking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had the yoga music. I had my, I was doing my meditation. So then I was like, I'm going to try and do like a body playlist, like hip hop music, you know? And so what I did, I picked like 
you know, 10 hip hop songs, things that we would hear at Body. And then I went to Body, I think, during the radiation treatments because nothing happens to you physically. Okay. It's all energy and internal, and I felt good. And so, like, the second day, I put on the Body playlist during the radiation treatment, and I started to visualize the workout from that day. So I would go through, like, what we did in class that day, and that totally, like made the time go by fast okay. and then I knew the playlist and then like when I'm like oh my gosh we're running the last song it's almost done and so I would use things like that visualization of body workouts to kind of help me not panic yeah and interesting yeah never, never never thought about that maybe I just will won't even work out anymore I'll just visualize it well visualizing it's like the same like a, almost like a placebo effect ish it's like the same it. like same action happens in the brain as if yeah. you physically do it so it does yeah. help that's good. So you, you do this. This is March of 2022. Two. Um, on, in August, you basically get news that the, so that's what, five months later, that the brain tumor is stable, not growing. So great yes. news. So the radiation worked. So I was like, thank God, because you don't feel like nothing yeah. happens. Except yeah. I had two weeks after radiation, I had one bad day where I had, I was dizzy. I couldn't drive. I was panicking, calling the nurses. <laughs> And um, so that's what happened. It's like a delayed reaction. So two weeks later, I felt bad for one day, and then I recovered. It was, and I had gone to body. <laughs> They're like, yeah. probably, maybe don't go to body yet. <laughs> the nurses. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Diana was the same way. It's like this is the only thing I know how yeah. to like mentally and then I was cope like, with everything. Well, I'm like, well, I'll go. I just won't jump anymore. I'm like, I'll yeah. go easy. So in in kind of like. You know, the next thing that happens is crazy because it seems like with you and like everything in your life since like 2018 for like something good, then something bad comes and then it's like you got to rebuild something good. So, you know, your tumor is not growing August 2022. Everything's great. And then September, a month later, you get diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Right. So that's the that's the mindfuck of breast cancer is I felt the best I was feeling I had just gone to my doctor. All my blood work was good. I did have like a breast exam the day before my mammogram. They didn't feel anything suspicious. And then I got the news that I had breast cancer. How did you find out if everything was going well? Like, how did you find out what was my mammogram? So I went for my mammogram. I was small chested naturally. I wasn't even like an A cup. So like they had to like shove me in the machine, and so it was really uncomfortable. She had to, like, do it, like, a couple times. Because same thing as, like, the MRI. Like, if you don't get the shot, you know? And so, for me, I'm like, it's fine. Get the shot. I don't want to have to, like, come back, you know? (laughs) And so, they were, like, literally, like, wedging me in, pushing me in. And and then the one technician, she said, oh, I think I'm going to get second eyes on this. Never, never, never good. uh, Yeah, but to myself, I was like, "Oh, it's because I'm like flat, anyways." And she was shoving me in, like she didn't get the shot, like whatever. And so I like went. I think I went to body right after that because everything's right at the hospital, right by body. Yep. And uh, I went and worked out. And then when I left body, I had a voicemail from Smile, the mammogram place, and they're like, "Yeah, we need you to come back in on Monday." And I was like, "What?" So again, I was thinking they didn't get. The tech was like, she wasn't, you know, convinced that she got the shot. And that's why I'm like, I'm small, flat chested anyways. I'm probably a nightmare client, whatever. And so then when I went for my second one, which I found out too, if you live in 
in Scottsdale, you go to the Shea location for Smile, for breasts. That's their better there. Okay. And um, so when I went there, they did it again. Again, the nurse, like, shoving me into the machine. It's, like, the worst thing ever. And, um, and everyone I would talk to, I was like, I'm not doing breast cancer, just so you know. So just don't even bring it up. And then I would say, um, oh, I've had a brain surgery. So I was like, this is nothing, you know, but it actually sucked. I go, this, the breast sucks worse than the brain. The brain's more fun. I go, when is the fun part? Yeah. <laughs> what, you, explain, you go through what I did and tell me <laughs> what part of this is fun. Yeah. So this was horrible. And then the one nurse, she knew my type of brain tumor, which is a meningioma, which mm-hmm. is a tricky name. And like most doctors like wouldn't even like know what it was. And then I was like, how, why does she know my brain tumor? I go, that's not good because there is some studies, don't quote me, but there is sometimes a link between meningiomas, brain tumors, and breast cancer. And my surgeon told me in 2018, the first surgery, he was always like, you get your mammograms, right? And I got one at 32 or 33. After I had my daughter, I had like a weird lump probably from breastfeeding or whatever. And I was fine. So that was like at 33. And then I was only, I had just turned 40. So... Yeah. I just went in for my... And so it wasn't a lump. It was calcifications. So, like, you literally can't even feel it. It's like... So it was stage one breast cancer. And I met with one of the radiologists at the place right away. And he's like, you might need to do a biopsy surgery because when we see this, 25% of the time it's cancer. 75% of the time it's nothing. And he's like... And 25% we don't like to mess around with. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Any amount of percent. 1%. Right. I'm not taking the risk. So you go. Then you, you have to do a biopsy surgery. So this is where, and this is also horrible. So, um, And I go, and this is why women probably don't get treated because it's such a horrible process. So then you go in for a biopsy. You have to do a mammogram again. And then they stab you with a needle while you're in the mammogram, like compressed. To put like a titanium seed, so when the surgeon goes in to remove what they want, they like take that out. They know where it's like the marker. Okay. But this is all while you're awake. Oh. So <laughs> you're compressed in a machine, squeezed, and for me, I was so small, like like yeah, I was so not. Pushed. It was like ripping my chest wall off my body, and then then you get stabbed with a needle from the machine, so it's like crazy. And then it like twists around. <laughs> it's like find where it should go. And um, and then um, what's it called? And then I was bleeding. So the first time they did it, I didn't really bleed at all, and it was fine. And then the second time, I'm like, is yeah. that blood dripping down? And you can't see. You're on your but back. But you could feel it. You you're sitting feel, in yeah. a chair, and I'm like, am I? And they're like, yeah. Sometimes we get. Sometimes you bleed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Jeez. So then they like push me back and then they're doing compression. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to bleed out. And this is before you have surgery. Then you have to drive yourself to a second location or you have, my sister drove me and then you go in for surgery. surgery. So this is all before. And I'm yeah. like, this is insane. And then, so you have the surgery, you still have to do like treat radiation treatment after and stuff like that. Yes, but not for a while. So breast cancer is different too, where... You do the surgery. They took out... Well, I, did, I decided after my biopsy came back as cancer, um, I decided to do a full mastectomy, um, which 
my surgeon thought I was kind of crazy too, and I decided to stay flat. So I requested it's called a flat aesthetic because sometimes surgeons, when they cut off the breast, they'll leave skin and fat, I think, because they'll think like women will want to get implants later. And I was like, I'm telling you, I'm not doing one more surgery. Yes, I'm not doing another <laughs> I surgery. Was like, I am done. I'm maxed out. I go, I don't, I don't want to do anything. And so she did a really good job. And I said, I'm starting the flat aesthetic trend in Scottsdale, which if you live here, you know, that's a, not the norm. Yeah, yeah. They're starting the, the opposite of what everyone <laughs> yeah, so does. I'm starting the flat aesthetic. Um, <laughs> um, but this, this surgery happens in, you get diagnosed in October 2022. Uh, you do the surgery and... You're and basically back to body Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, so the, my goal for the breast surgery was body does that Thanksgiving workout with the family. And so I was telling my sister, I was like, maybe I'll be able, maybe I'll feel good enough so I could just go and watch, you know, I go, I won't participate. I'll just go. And so that was kind of my goal for recovery. Um, and then with the breast, I was back to doing yoga day nine um, because you're left with drains in, which is gross also. Okay. Um, but so you're pretty limited on what you can do, but I said I had to move. And so I started doing my own just yoga flow at home day nine. And then I think day 16, I got the drains out, which is like free. It's like the best part of it. Um, but with the breast surgery, I had more limit physical limitations in the brain. So even like today, like it's still like putting my arms up overhead. It's yeah. so tight. It's so it's like doing the body warm up. Like when we're like doing just like stretching before is like yes. the hardest part of my workout now because I'm so tight and so it's like your chest wall is like ripping apart. Yeah, slowly yeah. having to like it's like a, almost like a brand new a brand new band that they have at body. Yeah. It take a while to slowly to break it in, up. loosen so up. So I'm like, so super tight. But So you're, you're, um, you go, you get to the Thanksgiving, which is in 20, this past Thanksgiving. Yeah. And another goal of your set is, you know, you know, one step forward. It seems like every time you took one step forward, it's like two steps back. Surgery, brain surgery, right. radiation, now breast cancer. And so you're getting to your strongest and then you're getting sent back. So your next goal was like, I just got, I'm trying to do a push-up. Right. No need push-up. And then you did your first one in March? Yeah, I did it. Chloe was teaching. And um, it's, that was like the hardest. I was going, I've been back to yoga, and but it's just, it's still, it's so tight and to do it like, you know, full push-up. We do so many of them at body, and I finally could do it. I was So that kind of makes you feel normal again. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, I'm like, the muscle memory comes back, but it's it just takes time. But same thing, you have to just do it. And that's kind of, too, that was all mindset. I was kind of scared, like, oh, it's going to hurt so bad. If I, I'm like, I'll just stay on the knees, and I just, like, go, like, halfway. And, uh. yeah. and then finally I was like, it's never going to come back if you don't do it. And then, like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. It's, you know. Yeah. And then once I said that, it's all mindset. I was like, I'm just going to do it again. So then I'm like, I'm an, I use the mantra, I'm an athlete. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for anyone out there, you know, that's in there going, I can't do that, I can't do that, or, uh that's too hard and they never like try to do like the first push up or pull up we talk about yeah. toe to bar or anything or like remember what they did for a bench press or whatever uh, or the chest press 
you basically have done it three times now. You go, you get your first brain surgery, you go to, you start going the body. Yeah. Then you get set back and then you're like, all right, now I'm going to do a total bar. And then you get back and like, oh, I'm going to get to the Thanksgiving. Right. Get to the Thanksgiving workout, do that. And then it was like, I want to do a push up. That's my next goal. And that was, you know, last month. And right. so you, for people out there, it's just set one goal. And then when you hit it, now you're probably like, all right, can I knock out two or three push-ups in a row? Right. Can I do four or five? Well, now, what, what's well, the next challenge, I guess, for you? Well, my cha- I'm back to trying to do pull-ups again. So we did pull-ups and chin-ups in class today. And I was back to dangling on the bar with the band on my foot um, for the first two rounds. And then the last round, I go try one. So I try, I could do a one chin-up today, but it oh. felt funky. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll probably be feeling it tomorrow, but it's like, you know, you can do it and yeah. it is, it's like, you have to just start, you have to start yeah. somewhere. For anyone that's like, listen, that's always like, uh, I don't feel like going to work out today or I don't feel like doing it. It's like, I mean, you're over here, million surgeries, still happy, still loving going the body. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we take things for granted. It's just like. For us that are perfectly healthy, it's not right. having anything. There's it's like, no oh, I'm going, to, I'm going to go work out today. And it's like, it's like, it's almost like you have to have something dramatic happen to have you like have a different view on things. Because yeah. you come in and you're like excited to be I'm here. I'm grateful. Like, I'm grateful I get to go. I'm grateful I can drive myself there. I'm grateful I can get ready. And, and when I, I like, I've had three surgeries, but after like one surgery, my goal was I'm just going to go and do the warm up. You know, like as long because it's the energy there, the people. Like I'm like, I need to be around people. I need music. I need motivation because it's hard when you're by yourself to like motivate yourself at home to be doing push-ups. So yeah, so I'm grateful for everything, and that's what I tell myself. Even when I'm not progressing, I'm like, you got to drive here. You get to come. You're not. You don't have a major deficit. You didn't stroke out. You know. So that's good. I was, I was going to ask any advice for anyone maybe going through something or something, but I mean, it's, you have to have a positive mindset and you, and, and if you don't even have that, then start with a gratitude practice, like gratitude. What are you grateful for? Like, can you get yourself ready? Can you, and after my my mastectomy surgery, I couldn't lift my arms up. Can you lift your arms up? Like, my family was so sick of me. Every day I was like, just be grateful for your arms that move. Like, it's so hard when you have a physical limitation. And yeah. so, but the body and brain that's strong and resilience. And I believe if you visualize it and it can come back and you have to just do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, thank you for, for coming on. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for writing in. And, and again, for anyone that wants to be on, um, me on the podcast right into you know the body podcast at gmail.com and uh you could be our next guest but thanks ashley for coming i appreciate it. what a great I, I mean i always when you wrote in and, and nikki sent me the, the the letter i'm like i can't do this interview like what i'm just sitting here going like this person went through so much and i'm sitting here like complaining to nikki about you know having doing uh sled pushes you know the day before yeah they do do. but like but but i I complain and and then it's like i gotta interview this this amazing woman who has gone through like three surgeries and still like enjoys going to body every day and working out and just happy it's just it's it really puts like things in perspective a lot doing this so but thank you for coming on i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me